So I was at Cookie Suarez's house. I was 17 years old. And I was with all my friends. We were leaders at West High School. We were the in-group. And we were sitting in a big circle like we often did at Cookie's house, just talking away, having a great time. And then somebody said, have you seen Paul Thompson? He brings his Bible to school. And they all kind of snickered a little bit. And then Cookie said, and he believes it. And as she said that, my face turned red and my eyes started watering. I thought, I go to church, I call myself a Christian, but I would not dare, I would not dare to say anything about my faith. And later on, I remembered a scripture that says, if I light you, don't put it under a bushel basket. And so for the next few years, I wondered what that meant. And then somebody shared with me 15 words. And I share them all the time now. And the 15 words are what we're going to learn today. Because until I heard the simplicity of the gospel, I was in the dark. Was I saved? I don't know. We, we can turn on the lights anytime here if we want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I was saved or not. But this is what I tell people. When I meet people, I was standing in line once um, waiting for, Stella is a great cook, you know, she's won a lot of, Awards, frankly, I don't care about that. All I care about is dinner, and it's been good for 48 years now. And uh, anyways, I was standing in line holding one of her dishes at the state fair, and Dr. Johnson was in front of me, and uh, Dr. Johnson uh, and I got to talking because he was holding his uh, wife's stuff. And... Uh, asked him if he went to church. And he said, yeah, he's been in the Methodist church. And I said, oh, I'm Lutheran. I, he said, well, what's the difference between Methodist and Lutheran? And we got him into a conversation. And those are, that's the hard part for most of us, is making a transition. So I got him into a conversation. And then I said this. But when I was in college, I was going to be a Lutheran minister, but I didn't know God. And then somebody shared with me something I can summarize in 15 words. And it changed my life. And the doctor stood there a minute. Then he bit. Uh, what, what are those 15 words? Uh, so I just had him hooked and started reeling it in. And so I went through the 15 words. And that's what I want to do with you today. This isn't a sermon. It's an equipping session. I want to equip you. The Bible says that we should always be ready to give an answer to any man that asks you. Sanctify God in your hearts. You know, make sure that he's number one in your hearts. Sanctify him in your hearts. Uh, that you can be ready to tell anybody at any moment that you're ready to share what is the hope in your life. 
So we're going to do that. So if you adults, if you need a, a pen, oh, this will be for everybody. Um, but uh, young people, uh, I've got a, uh, an award for the best one. And it's a bump of blowgun. This thing will shoot us. I could, I could hit anybody in this audience way back there with this thing, uh, with a Nerf dart, of course. And um, so don't worry, moms. But that's going to be the prize afterwards. Then I'm going to examine uh, the people that want to enter that contest. But the most important thing is that we get this down. So um, now I have not done this up here before. We'll see how this goes today. Um, Okay, here we go. So you have uh, a little pictures on you, in front of you, and these pictures are going to tell the story. And you know, young people, um, sometimes you wonder, my uh, uh, two sisters were at the dinner table with me. I have four sisters. And I felt the Lord said, tell your family about Jesus tonight. I'd become a Christian at the University of Minnesota, age 19. And... Um, and I felt the Lord said, share your faith with your family. Now, we always said prayers at breakfast, or at dinner, or we, not breakfast, we always said prayers at dinner time. We had dinner together. And we always said the Lord's Prayer at night before we went to bed. Our parents taught us that. But, um, but we didn't know God. We didn't talk about him. And so that night, I felt the Lord said, tell your family about Jesus. So I said, Dad, who do you have devotions, short devotions, just before supper? And my dad said, what? Total Norwegian. What? And I said, just it'd be real short, Dad. And somebody had sent me in the mail anonymously a tract on how to know Jesus that day that God told me that. It was amazing. So I said, let's go around the table. Um, Dad, are you positive you're going to heaven? I mean, it was tense around the family. It was tense. My dad's at the end of the table. He says, I'm working on it. And my sister's. Uh, no, I'm not sure. And, and, and Jeannie said, no, I'm not sure. My other, my other sister hardly said anything. My mom, she just kind of looked down at the table and said, I'm working on it too. I said, well, um, Jeannie and, and Nancy, do you, do you want to accept Jesus as your Savior? I didn't know what to do, no. They said, yeah. I said, um, Dad, could you excuse us for a minute? Uh, so we went upstairs to my room, and I, I didn't have it planned out. I said, uh, well, girls, uh, what, what should we do? My, Nancy was about nine, and Jeannie was 13. She used to be a, a member here. She helped me come to this church. And my, my sister Nancy said, well, get on our knees and pray. And I said, oh, yeah, okay, okay. So we invited Jesus in. And, then, and both of my sisters, the first day, they went the next day and told their friends about Jesus. The next day, they both led their best friends to the Lord. And I said, Jeannie, how'd that go? It was Joyce Lindstrom. Some of you know Joyce. She's been a member of this church for many, many years. She's in Northfield now at the church. And I said, Nancy, what did you tell Flo Flo? She said, well, I just said, uh, do you want to go to heaven or hell? And she said, heaven, so we prayed. <laughs> <laughs> so transition was a little problem for her, but, um, but it worked. And Flo Flo prayed to receive the Lord. So what I want to do, though, is go through these 15 words. So I'm going to say, tell them to you first, and then we're going to draw pictures of them. Because sometimes if you have something to draw for somebody, um, if you young people, by the way, uh, 
God chooses people ages six. Samuel is six years old when God started talking to him and he started hearing the voice. And I want to see you young people that are here start hearing the voice of God if you aren't already, having dreams and visions and having God tell you to do things that, that you'll say, wow, I can do that? I can talk to that person? I can go here? I can go to this foreign country with my mom or my dad? I, I, God is going to use you, young people. And that's one reason why the leadership here has decided to have you into these services as, as well as your special teaching. So here we go. We'll see how I can do this. Like I say, first time. Oh, this is interesting. Um, so number one, okay, the first thing you want to tell somebody is that, now you fill these in, that God loves them. This is a girl and a boy. First thing you do is you tell them God loves you. So you write, fill in there, God loves, but you put us. I always put us because we're not different than other people, except we've got that light in us. So you say, God loves us. That's number one. Okay, that's the easy one. Now, here's a problem. Put some X's here. Everybody sins. And that separates us from God. And it separates us from each other. And we are not as happy as God wants us to be as a result. So put some sad faces in the middle of that sin. And so underneath right, we, not you are, but we are sinners. God loves us. Two, we are sinners. Okay, got all that. Now, number three. Now, this has got a little bit more to it. Got a little bit more to it. You put these eyes looking up. You can do better than me. So God sent his son. And we have our sins put on him. It's astonishing. It's the one, most wonderful story in the world. So God loves us. We are sinners. Jesus paid for our sins. I'd always heard 
in my Sunday school, Jesus died for my sins. I never understood why he died. He never had these sins. He was the only perfect person that ever lived on the earth, and I tell people that. I can't die for your sins. I just did this on the airplane coming home from Cairo. I can't die for your sins. You can't die for mine. We're all sinners. We have to have a perfect person that owes nothing to the, to the just God who made us all. So all our sins go up on him. Wonderful, wonderful thing. But that's not the end. not the only thing you know if I was poor and was hungry which I was in Sweden one time and my interpreter said Gary you want a hamburger I hadn't had a hamburger for about three months in Sweden and I had no money he said Gary want a hamburger I said no I'm not hungry that was a lie he said Gary this was Sven Gunmo. Uh, he said, I'll buy you one. I said, no, I'm okay. He said, Gary, it's too bad to be hungry, and it's too bad to be proud, but to be hungry and proud, that's tragic. <laughs> I said, I'll take a hamburger. Thanks, Sven. People can refuse Jesus. He's paid for everybody's sins. But we have to do that one thing to make it ours. And I explain this carefully. We have to accept Jesus to know the full benefit of God's love and God's forgiveness. So those are the 15 words to heaven. Now, I want you to say them with me. Like I said, this isn't a sermon so much. This is a training session. Um, I didn't know what to tell people. And uh, uh, Stephen Robin Olsey, if you want some further training, go to them. Campus Crusade for Christ this expands what I'm saying here. This is where I got it. I just, I, I simplify everything. Um, but when that was explained to me, I bowed my head and accepted Jesus as my Savior. And I tell people, I can summarize in 15 words. Here they are. Follow me, say them with me. God loves us. We are sinners. Jesus paid for our sins. We must receive Jesus. I, I, uh, I was um, at a home that was being uh, refurbished, and I started witnessing to the man that was putting the carpet down. And I told him about Jesus. And I didn't remember him praying with me. I told him about Jesus and gave him this card. It was about 10 years later, uh, the architect for whom he worked said, you know, he became a Christian that time. And so I had occasion to see this carpet layer again. And I said, man, I heard you actually accepted Christ. He said, I did. He said, and he pulls out his billfold and he says, and I've been carrying this card around since then. I gave one to my garbage collector and I saw him a month later 
And I said, say, what did you think about that little card I gave you? He said, I thought that was really good. He said, I put it up on the bulletin board where all the garbage collectors go. He said, and it's been up there the whole time. You just don't know if you do a little thing. You know, Brad Knifflekamp um, uh, is a great evangelist. Uh, bug him about it. He needs to train us some, because he's done a lot of it. And he's written tracks. And sometimes we think, well, what good does a track do? Well, I was at a funeral, just awestruck with a young man who had, had been in my church years ago when I was in Northfield, and uh, been very active. But I'd never heard his story about how he got saved. He, at the funeral, you know, funerals are wonderful when people know Jesus and they've served him their whole lives. They're just so encouraging. And we heard just story after story about the effectiveness of this man. He died very young, uh, 57 years old. All of a sudden, that's why I found, found him dead in the morning. And uh, just story after story after story, the effectiveness of him. He'd led, he was working in a secular job much of the time, but he led countless teams overseas into very difficult places. And then they gave his testimony how he became a Christian. He went in the bathroom, read a tract about Jesus, convicted him, and he walked out of there a transformed man. We just don't know what little thing we can do. Just leaving a tract, roll it up in the toilet paper, it comes out, you know. Just, <laughs> just leaving, just doing something. And we've all got places of influence. We've all got places of influence that we can, we can do it. I walk around my neighborhood um, in, in the summer especially uh, nearly every day and I just pray for house after house after house, just asking God's blessing. And I, I have had more chances to witness as a result because I noticed their gardens, I noticed they had their house painted. And you know, if you love what people love, they will love you. And if people love you, eventually they probably will love what you love. So if you love what people love and talk to them about it, encourage them in it, it's a, it's a transition piece. And that's the difficult thing for a lot of us is this transition from this to this. Um, anyways, I walk around the block and I pray. And that's one thing we can all do. We can pray walk our block. I, I walked with uh, Linda and Laurel Lang they, I stayed overnight at their house one time, and we walked around about a mile. They knew everybody and were interested in their families and knew everything about I mean, what? And, and don't you know, those people are being affected by Jesus. And they have Bible studies in their home. You know the Langs. I mean, it's just a gathering place for people, not just believers. It's, it's tremendous. But we can all do some of these things. We aren't all as gregarious as others. Some of us are shy. My wife is kind of shy. But there's a lot of ways of connecting with people. And one time she left her, her, uh, her phone at home, and she was waiting at the grocery store, and she had no way of contacting me. So she went out, and there was a lady sitting out in the, the entryway of the grocery store. And, and Stella said, well, can I sit here? And uh, she sat down. And she said, uh, could I use your phone to call my husband? And he said, well, sure, I'd be glad to do that. You know, the way to connect with people sometimes is not to give them something, but it's to ask for something, like Jesus did at the woman at the well. Give me a drink of water. Oh, you're asking me? She all of a sudden found important. She had something to give. You know, ask neighbors for some help with something. 
My, one of my neighbors and I were not getting along well. He, he'd, there'd been a real problem. He'd done something, he felt bad about it and everything, and for a long time, we didn't talk and I couldn't get through. And then I needed a weed whipper and I, I went over to Dwayne. Um, could I borrow your weed whipper? Oh, he said, Gary, anytime. He was so eager to give me something. He was so eager. And, and since then, he's been mowing my lawn when I didn't ask him. I mean, it's, I, I look outside and there he is. On his, listen, so I pretend to be busy, you know, and I, it's just. <laughs> but there's so many little ways. So Stella, that was five years ago, I think, that Stella just sat and asked that lady. And then she, somehow Stella got into a little conversation about church. And this woman was really shy, really shy. And, but Stella brought her to a small church in Northfield, the one I used to pastor. And uh, she sat in the back, and gradually, she, now that woman is in our house every Thursday for a Bible study. Can I borrow your phone? You know, that just look for a way to connect. That's all it is, just looking for a way to connect. But we have to start with, what is our purpose in life? What is our purpose in life? You know, some people, I, uh, there are different transitions, and, and many of you have heard me say this. How are you doing today, Gary? What am I going to answer? That's right, I've talked to a few of you. <laughs> Better than I deserve. You know how many responses I get to that? Now, that may not be something that you use to transition, but it's just been incredible once I started doing that, the number of people, and I can always tell if they're saved or not. A hundred percent of the time, if they say, oh, no, you deserve whatever, I'll say, oh, man, uh, you don't know the things I've done in my life. I don't, and then I get into a conversation. If they say, if I say, better than I deserve, and they say, oh, that's all of us, right? I say, you know the Lord, don't you? They say, well, yeah, I do. When people understand grace, you can pull them out easily. And then I talk to them about Jesus, and I'm finding, this is what's amazing to me. I, I witness regularly, and I would say maybe 5 to 10% five to of our population knows God, maybe. But when I go to witness to people, 50% and up that I try to witness to are already Christians. I think, God, what are you doing? I'm supposed to be evangelizing. These people know you. But I, then we get into a conversation about the Lord, and I pray for healing or whatever. And, and what I realize is God is building up the body of Christ and trying to get all of us to, get, to spread the gospel, to, to encourage ourselves so we're ready for the difficult times that are coming. So anyway... Um, my job today is that you would be able to be equipped to share the gospel. So what I want you to do is two of you just give a little testimony. Here's my little testimony. I was going to be a Lutheran minister, but I didn't know God. And then somebody shared with me 15 words that showed me how to know that I was going to heaven. And I'll wait. And I, I, so many people bite on it. If they don't, I'll say, can I share those 15 words with you? And 100% of the time, they said, sure. 100% of the time, they say, sure, go ahead, 15 words. Now, what they don't know, it's going to take me 200, 250 words to explain those 15 words. <laughs> but nobody's complained about that either. Because this eternal thing is important to people. And they realize it once you start talking about it. So I want you to just give a short 
testimony, and, and everybody isn't ready to do this, I know that, but that's why I'm teaching. Be ready always to give an answer to the hope that is within you. Um, so take somebody next to you, or walk around for a minute, it'll take about five minutes for this, and I just want you to go through the 15 words and lead somebody to Jesus. And then, of course, you just pray those 15 words. That's all you have to do, is just pray them. So let's do that. We're going to take five minutes. And if two people have a chance to do it, great. Go ahead. 15 words. Give a little testimony. I became a Christian, or God's really important to me. Just a short testimony. Try it. doing it?
about another 30 seconds. Okay, very good. How many would have gotten saved by what they were told? Oh, this is exciting. Maybe that needs to happen, you know. Yeah, wonderful. And I realize everybody here does not know the Lord, and I, I just pray that what's being explained today would touch your hearts. And um, talk to me afterwards. <laughs> So transitions are one of the hardest things. But if you ask people, learn to ask questions. Um, that is the most helpful thing, not just to preach at somebody, but to ask and find out about them, and then look for that little thread uh, and, and offer things. Sometimes you have to say something like this. Now, now, do you have a religious background? I'm just kind of curious about you. Do you have a religious background? And they say, well, I was raised Methodist, but I don't go to church anymore. I said, oh, really? Uh, what do the Methodists believe? And they'll say, well, I don't know. And uh, <laughs> that's why I said I was going to be a Lutheran minister. I said, I don't know. And that was their opening, can we tell you what the Bible says? It was good. It was good. So those transitions kind of, and the more you try to talk to people about Jesus, it'll, it's clumsy at first. But you'll learn if you just keep on going. And if in your heart you believe this is the most important thing in the world, well, I don't want to have a problem with that person or whatever. John Piper had a vision. John Piper, many of you know, a world-famous preacher out of Minneapolis here. He had a vision one day that turned him into an evangelist like he was never before. And in this vision... He was at the judgment seat of Christ with a friend. And his friend was not saved. And John had not witnessed to him. Now, you can interpret this vision maybe in a lot of ways or apply it a lot of ways, but this is what he saw from God. That was his testimony. He said, we were both at the judgment seat of Christ, and my friend was sent off to flames. And as the judgment was pr pronounced, he looked at me, John. He said, and you knew? Wow. That changed him. It should change all of us. Our words make a difference. Is there a sovereign God that saves? Yes. Is there free will of mankind that God entrusts with his sovereign plans? Yes. Are we responsible to walk out those sovereign plans? Do they make it? Yes, yes, yes. All kinds of things we can't put together. But we know our responsibility before the Lord and in front of our friends is to share the love and life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing is more important. I was asked when I was 19 years old after I got saved and I started witnessing at Red Owl Food Store and this kind of brassy uh, guy said, Gilbertson, what are you all about anyways? 
I said, well, I want to go to heaven and bring as many bozos like you with me as I can. <laughs> I was in the lunchroom with a lot of people. The most important thing. We all make a difference. I think the, the devil just tries to make us think that that little thing that we've got won't make any difference. It's just a seed. It's just an act of love. I was at um, Aldi's, and I saw a middle-aged man. It was cold. He was trying to change his tire. I was cold. I wanted to get in the store. It, it might cost you a little bit to share the gospel, to help somebody and open the door for the gospel. And, and he was bent over there, and, and I said, excuse me, sir, um, could I help with it? No, I think, I think I got it. Thank you. I think he's from the south. And uh, he wasn't from our town. And uh, I, I think I got it. I said, okay. So I went in the store. He came in the store. And he goes, oh, mister, mister, um, I, I didn't have a, a tire on. Uh, do you think you have one in your car? I said, well, let's go out and look. So I went out and found a tire iron, and it worked. And I, and I said, I'll leave the trunk open. Just put it back in there. He said, but I said, but come and see me when you're done. So he came back and he said, oh, got it done. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. You know they're from the south when they say, sir. And I thought the Lord, you know, here's another thing. Put some money in your pocket that, that's forbidden for you to spend. That God gives you. Everybody here has more than they need. Not more than we want, more than we need. Put a little bit someplace in your billfold. So that guy came in, and the Lord said, give it to him. So I pulled out something. I said, here, I want to give you this. He just broke down and started crying. He said, mister, you have no idea what this means. I'm just up here trying to help my baby with a little child. And I said, you must know the Lord. I could just feel it. He said, well, I do. I, I know Jesus. I said, well, I'll tell you, brother, this is what it's all about. So you, you may witness to another Christian that lifts them up. We're sitting there. He's, we're both crying in the middle of Aldi's. And this guy's a big guy, so I'm like this. But we're just, just sobbing. He said, you just, you just don't know. You just don't know. So put some money that you just know you're going to give away. Put it in there. I tell you what, there's nothing better to do with your money than buy friends. Nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Because that's the only thing that's going to heaven. And if you want an eternal reward, buy some. Buy some. Well, I got two minutes and 19 seconds. This is exciting. I can quit any time. You're going to get out on time? Sanctify God in your heart. Are you a believer? Are you a disciple of Christ? Sanctify God in your heart. Your message is my message, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be good at my job. I'm going to be a good dad, a good mom. That's part of you in my heart, God. But how will they ever hear if somebody doesn't say it?
how will they ever hear? I don't know that many people. Well, I'm shy. I'll tell you what, the devil's told you you're shy your whole life. Get over it. He's just trying to keep you back because you could be a dynamo. You could win a Billy Graham. You know, one person that witnessed, you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know what that little kid, that neighbor that you say, you say, hey, it's your birthday? I didn't know that. Here. And you give him that money you got here. Whoa, thank you. That's a big deal. And that kid grows up. Oh, my goodness, they all grow up. I was, uh, my wife got a phone call. I don't know if I've shared this here before. My wife got a phone call at 5.30 in the morning. I was someplace out of pocket. She said, Gary, we got a phone call at 5.30 this morning from this guy. He sounded Chinese or something. I couldn't understand him very well, but he was looking for Pastor Gary. And, uh, and I, I told him you'd be home about 9 o'clock or something like that. And uh, I said, I, I didn't get his telephone number. But he sounded like it was urgent. So he called back. He said, is this Pastor Gary? He says, I'm Mark. Mark. I worked at Chinese buffet. 20 years ago, you gave me Bible. 20 years ago. When he was working at the restaurant. He said, you gave me Bible. He said, I've become Christian, my whole family. We live in Atlanta now. I'm very rich. I own five restaurants. He said, but I don't care about that. I just want to know. I've been looking for you. I found you on the internet. I've been looking for you for a long time. He said, I just want to know what God wants to do with my life now. He flew up for a day. He flew from Atlanta to come and talk to me. And I think, oh God, that's all it cost was one Bible? Just happened to give it to a waiter? I'll tell you what, there's nothing greater. There's nothing greater. I gave it to another waiter once. He, he gave me a napkin. I've got it with me here. She gave me a napkin, scrawled up. And she said, please give me a Bible verse. I'm a backslidden Christian and I need help. She wrote it on a napkin and slipped it on our table again. You just don't know what you're talking. Stella and I said, can we pray for another one? What can we pray for you? And the waitress said, my recovery. She just came right out, you know. She was an addict and she wanted to recover. Just boom, just like that. You just don't know what's hidden all around you, all around those smiling faces. They need Jesus so badly. And we've got him. And yeah, we've got problems still. But my goodness, we've got an answer. We've got a savior. And we need to share him with others. So I'd like us to sing a song closing. More than a song. Not under a basket. So if you would all please go back to Sunday school with me. And not sing a song, but make a declaration. Make a declaration. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, 
I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. Go! I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. We're going to sing all the verses. Don't let Satan get out. I'm going Don't let Satan. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan get out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Okay, last verse. All around the neighborhood. I'm gonna let it shine all around the neighborhood. I'm gonna let it shine all around the neighborhood. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Heavenly Father, we're grateful you didn't just save us and then say, okay, come to heaven. You said, no, I want you to be my partner. I want you to love people with my love. I want you to give money I give you. I want you to tell people and show people about my love. Lord, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.